0: Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed.
1: I am live with Professor Jack Burkhart for DFS Goalkeepers 101. We have a ton of information to give to the people on this wonderful Friday afternoon. Yes, we are in the afternoon. Here we go, Jack. Uh What's up, everyone? I'm Adam Zadroik, joined by Jack Burkhart. Yes, this is Friday. No, this is not a regular DFS show, because guess what? For the next, I don't know, two weeks, I guess three weeks, because there's a break, uh, it's just a bunch of showdowns. So maybe we're going to do some solo pods. We're not going to have any regular pods with Ryan and Jordan. We're doing DFS Goalkeeper 101. Jack, happy Christmas. Happy New Year, happy 2024. You spent the last two weeks grinding tape and goalkeeper stats. Welcome to the show.
2: Oh, thanks, Adam. Yeah, I went to London a couple weeks ago. I made sure to chart, you know, all of the expected goals conceded for my boy, um, Vicario, who's our cover boy. And uh, no, it's been nice. I get a a mid-semester break here. There's really not much DFS to play. It's just showdown, which is... I don't know, just get lucky, I feel like. That sounds like a loser thing to say, but uh, gives me enough time to, you know, throw some stuff in the spreadsheet and have a little fun. So hence we have the goalkeeper article here that we're going to talk about.
1: Yeah, speaking of DFS here, we have Liga MX returns tonight. We have oh, two gamers. We have a two-gamer... Do we have a two-gamer tonight? Maybe not tonight, but we have a two gamer, two two-gamers tomorrow. So uh, oh, it's gonna be, MX... It's going to be
2: flying in the Discord. If you want to play a little Liga MX... I'll be there. I'll be
1: there. So please join Yeah, we us. got, uh, looks like we got a Luis Malahone slate coming up uh, Saturday at 10 p.m. <laughs> Eastern. So it's going to be some fun times. Uh, only subscribers know about that. So rotowire.com slash soccer trial. That's a 48-hour trial. But this is the article that we're going to be talking about and discussing DraftKings Goalkeeper Analysis And you're going to need a subscription. I'm not going to scroll through this entire thing for you, but you're going to need a subscription to check this out. You're going to need to find the answers of what goalkeepers to play, how to determine what goalkeepers you want to play. So let's just start there. Jack, why did you want to write this article? Everyone knows you're already the goalkeeper whisperer, at least in our discord. (laughs) So what led you to this article and why you wanted to research goalkeepers?
2: Yeah, I am the goalkeeper whisperer. I tell you who I play and then you just pivot off and it should be a profitable decision should you get everything else right. Um, I wanted to write it because of a few things. The first thing is that it's like possible to do, right? So it's like DraftKings, the way they price the goalkeepers, it's basically just like, You know, there's a few other things. It depends how many teams are on the slate, but it's mostly a function of the team's implied win probability whenever they come out with the pricing. And so I thought, well, I don't have all the historical pricing for the goalkeepers, but, you know, we can just substitute win probability as price. And so it makes it pretty simple to analyze there's not so many factors that go into goalkeeper scoring right it's the win which you can measure it's the clean sheet which is easily measured and then there's saves which is something that's kept track of by most data sources so I found a nice data set that had old win odds from sharp book pinnacle so it just made it seem like a plausible thing to do and I know that there's other things that go into goalkeeper scoring like you're gonna be like well professor Burkhart what about accurate passes and it's just like it doesn't matter that much right like most goalkeepers there's very few outlier passer performances and if you can project them it's like congratulations like you get like a little a little half point bump you know saves are two points goals conceded are minus two I thought that those were the main drivers and because there's so few variables it seemed plausible and the other thing was I don't know I was tilting a bit about goalkeeper I've always been wondering you know what's the difference between a $4,500 goalkeeper and a $3,800 goalkeeper you know it's usually like 15% win probability and I've been spending down in cash games a lot I kind of just want to put like some numbers onto some of the narratives we say like oh play you know Jordan says a lot play cheapest goalkeeper and I'm sure there's a good reason behind it Jordan Jordan's a good and experienced player but I wanted to kind of figure out you know what did that really sort of mean in terms of the numbers and what do the distributions of the really high scoring goalkeepers like do the $5,900 goalkeepers really have like lower variance than other goalkeepers so just to try to put some numbers on some of our more qualitative assumptions and see if we can make some like baselines basically.
1: Yeah. I like how you have the students speak down already. Uh, well, maybe not already, but, uh, the, uh, well, Mr. Uh, professor Burkhart. <laughs> I'm well experienced. <laughs> That's a, that was a nice touch. Yeah. You, uh, so you grab these odds from football data, which You got to go into this article. Click on this link. This is uh, Jack brought me onto this site. I did not know this site existed, so uh, obviously very helpful for what you did, but maybe helpful for like future—I don't know—future analysis as well. If you, if anyone wants to dive into more historical odds analysis, they have just like odds. I think for the life of the Premier League, they have odds dating back to like the early '90s. I I believe I saw. So just an incredible source that you used for for uh, grabbing the pinnacle. odds. Adam,
2: I'm sorry, I'm going to I'm going to interrupt. It's ridiculous. I thought I would have to to find like closing line data like that looked this nice. I didn't even have to like clean any of the data. It was it was like data cleaning is just to make it like able to analyze like it was immediately useful uh, some of the stuff that they had. Um, it doesn't have everything. It has like shots and corners and some halftime splits and all sorts of stuff. I couldn't understand, but that, that data source is free. I think that's a lot of fun. So if you want to click around, I'll probably do it for league MX this weekend. Cause you know, it
1: is the season, but, uh, <laughs> yeah, not only is that site so, like it, not only is that site so awesome. It's, it's free. I,
2: I, I, I can't believe it's free. It when you
1: first sent it to me, I was like, how does this even exist? But, uh, it's definitely something I'm gonna probably utilize or at least look at here and there when, when doing whatever when I want to research random stuff. Uh, just look back up. Uh, what were the odds on this 2012 matchup between I don't know Wigan and Sunderland?
2: <laughs> Adam, you can uh, do some. You can do some fun stuff with corners if you want to help uh, boost your uh, you know corners and wagers bets a little bit. You can run a few progressions or something if you
1: want Hmm, that's a good idea that's a good idea just diving into historical corner numbers and see how the numbers have changed because i know the corner numbers have changed uh this season because of the added that stoppage time and extra time uh so that is that is something interesting so that because that added to the the added numbers there so just uh you know link is here in the article again you're gonna need a subscription to get into this article uh, written by Professor Jack Burkhart, rotowire.com slash soccer trial. So I'll show these graphs here. As we can tell by these graphs, how much information did, can we glean from from all of this? Um, you know, you, you said you wanted to, is it worth it to play the 5,900 goalkeeper, or is it worth it to, you know, spend down 3,800? Did, uh, Did any of, I mean, I know it was just kind of looking at numbers, looking at odds. Did any like, okay, maybe a two game slate versus a six game slate, did that kind of like creep into your mind here and there? I don't think you really discussed that too much, but just in terms of how much that that matters into getting towards your conclusion of, you know, are the goalkeepers Mm -hmm. worth it kind of a thing?
2: Yeah, I didn't take any of that into account, right? That's the type of stuff that you'll have to apply this and then kind of run it through. I had this uh, I had this argument with, well, I wasn't really arguing. I was just going back and forth with Ryan after a recent two-game FA Cup slate. And I spent down a goalkeeper and he spent up and we were kind of just slinging turds back and forth about, you know, which was the better approach. And, you know, in a two-game slate, the game theory of goalkeeper is going to be a little bit different. Like, you know, if there's only like one big favorite and one toss-up, there's like, you know, a lot there's a large amount of time that the favorite goalkeeper is just going to outscore the other ones and like a lot of this analysis doesn't matter as much necessarily you know you have to you have to use dfs knowledge to apply this stuff i think that's that's one thing that's kind of important to emphasize you know how does the game theory of each situation in a six game let's just imagine it's a five match premier league slate though i mean you have 10 goalkeepers to choose from and if you look at these plots i mean we have you know goalkeeper scoring you know, based on saves, winning clean sheet, there is really good performing goalkeepers across the board, across all of the price ranges. So, I mean, it it seems a little bit trite to say it, but I think if you're a tournament player, literally just play whatever goalkeeper you want. And if you know that there's going to be a goalkeeper who's not going to have as much uh, ownership or utilization, just play them because, you know, outside of some micro takes that you can use, you know their top 25 percentile outcomes are almost all the same you know from like the win probability windows of 20 to 80%. It, it it's it's sort of crazy. so um you know just seeing that there's really good, you know, it didn't really matter home or away. It didn't, you know, for like the really good performances. I think you can just attack wherever you want and literally whatever makes sense, you know, as long as they're not like You know, if you have Dom Solanke and Bournemouth are playing Crystal Palace, you know, don't play Dean Henderson. Okay, like outside of that obvious observation, Mm. I don't think there's any goalkeeper ever really worth prioritizing unless you think you have an edge on evaluating goalkeepers. And I really don't think I do just thinking about, you know, I don't I don't know which goalkeeper is good. I'm sure there's like some like stats that you can look at, too. If there's a team that, you know, concedes a few more saves than usual, I don't know how much that would move the numbers. But um, I think it just kind of helps for you from worrying about it. If you play DFS quite a lot, it, it'll eventually go your way. And uh, if you look at all of the negative scores, it'll eventually uh, screw you over. Really, no matter where, <laughs> no matter where you're paying. So,
1: yeah, I think as you said, what, you can get into the weeds of this. You can get in the weeds of how big a slate is, or, you know, you're talking Solanke and, and Dean Henderson kind of thing, the opposing <laughs> goalkeeper. But I mean, I'm sure you've done, I'm sure you've had showdowns where like you're captaining goalkeeper and then you have all, maybe all five attacking players uh, yeah. on the other team just to rack up saves kind of a thing. And I mean, you can do, you can, like. you can also do that on, this is just, again, getting into the weeds here. Maybe it's like, okay, I'll I'll play the, the goalkeeper facing Manchester City and I'll get the six saves, maybe allows two or three goals, but you're getting floor points for the Manchester City guys, maybe a couple goals kind of thing. So you're gonna be okay if the goalkeeper's thirty six hundred or whatever, but exactly. And then and then you have other slates where it's like, okay, well, they have they scored four goals and there are no saves made. Um so obviously that is one of the things here as as we look at okay that, that I mean you could probably find those results here on okay. this on this board here. It's like okay here's the here's a big favorite with a big score near 20 points. Here's a big favorite with with uh, with negative here. Yeah, um,
2: it, it, it's really universal across the board. And there's a table. Maybe we don't show it. You know, you have to pay to see the table. But I, I segmented all the goalkeepers into win probabilities. So it's like everything was away and home split. It really didn't matter too much. I think there was a bit more variance on the away goalkeepers, especially on like the, you know, the most catastrophic outcomes were for huge road underdogs um, this really isn't too much of a surprise but like you were looking at just to summarize if you had a win probability between zero and 20 no matter if you were home or away you were finishing zero or less in terms of this goalkeeper floor you know just saves and goals conceded you, you were finishing low like I don't know like it was 30 percent of the time and you know when we talk in the shows it's like okay you can pay down at goalkeeper but you know if you get negative six you know so be it But that just doesn't happen that often, like negative, like, I think the, what I had for the first quartile, which is the 25th percentile outcome. So that means, you know, 25% of the outcomes are at that level or worse for goalkeepers that were severe dogs, that was zero. So that means that really these catastrophic minus six games just don't really happen that often, Mm -hmm. you know, still like getting zero or less 30% of the time stinks, but Then you ask, well, what happens if I, you know, play a goalkeeper in the, you know, 20 to 30 or 30 to 40% win range? And those negative performances are happening at like a 20% clip. And it, my takeaway is that, you know, it depends on the slate, but that doesn't really seem worth $800 and DraftKings salary a lot of the times, at least, at least to me. So that was kind of one of the, that was a big takeaway that I had when doing this. I think we overestimate the failure rate for the cheapest goalkeepers and i think we might underestimate the failure rate for like goalkeepers in this 4400 you know 4400 price
1: range um yeah yeah it's just the assumption of okay this guy is priced cheap so he's more likely to get negative 10 this guy's expensive so he's more likely to get plus 20 kind of a thing but at the end of the day that's not really uh yeah, I guess you got to put price into there kind of thing, but that's yeah, just kind of okay. like assumptions. The prices are there based off the odds and we're kind of assuming this and this kind of thing. So, yeah, I mean the, I think it just, I think it's as simple as
2: it seems like, I think you can scroll down. I have like goalkeeper floor. If you scroll to like a slightly different chart. um, Yeah. So, okay. So this is goalkeeper floor right here. And what I call goalkeeper floor is just your two times saves minus goals conceded so you know this is everything before the bonuses you know sorry no accurate passes but i think it kind of confirms it's a it's a really it's pretty random it's a slight downward trend right um big favorites are less likely to take on saves so i think that explains the really slight downward trend i want to emphasize it's very slight and this isn't really even a linear relationship so it's very random but um yeah i mean i think you're just looking at You know, there's a certain ratio that we expect over the long term of shots on goals versus saves. And (laughs) it's kind of evident, it's kind of evident in the data in this way that, you know, we're expecting our goalkeepers to have about two more saves than goals conceded many, many times. and cheaper goalkeepers are gonna hit their ceiling by just outperforming the save expectation and whole and more favored goalkeepers are gonna hit their ceiling more dependent on hitting the bonuses. Um, I don't know why I got into this sort of rant, but it's um
1: we're it's just talking just about of, a lot of random things here.
2: yeah, I, I think it's just sort of, I don't know, it's pretty random. <laughs> like I don't really know how you can predict these things with a high level of accuracy unless you're like, really sharp with your micro level takes but you know if you think you are i'd like to see you measure your observations over a really big sample and see if you can really outperform these sort of random trends in a meaningful way
1: yeah just just looking straight off of these tables here it seems like very slightly you have the away goalkeeper floor for big favorites is actually better than the home goalkeeper floor i'd say that's random adam okay okay yeah it's um, okay I, I was gonna say is that maybe that's because away goalkeepers are more likely to make saves whereas home goalkeepers are not as likely to make saves because they're they're at home and they're at home so and yeah
2: i wondered this a little bit like um you know in a way team if they if there's so if you let's just think about like what type of team is a big away underdog they're usually not They're usually much less talented, right? And if they do nick a goal early or something like that, they're going to get barraged with shots for the rest of the game. So maybe there is some of that lended in the data. And if you want to give it a slight lean, I think that's fine. But I think one thing I learned with doing this is that you really shouldn't overprice that in your head. So let's just say that it is true. that They are slightly better. We're talking about like a half point. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, looking at the it's screen,
1: bad. okay, it's, it's yeah, very it really slight, is. very slight, very,
2: very slight. And I think that's an important takeaway as well. Right? Whatever micro level take that you have, like, let's just say that I think um, Liverpool, you know, take a lot of low quality shots on goal, you know, more than other Premier League teams. How many more saves should that be worth? One, two? It, re- it really shouldn't move the needle too much, I think, given how random these trends are. I didn't look into individual team trends. Teams change managers so much. But, you know, maybe you could look into, like, I could easily filter this data and look at Liverpool only and see if there's any trends based on the Liverpool team performance. You know, compare that to Manchester City. You know, we can talk about our boy Neverson. You know, City seem to never really get a, sh- get a you know, conceded they never seem to get a lot of saves because they just dominate possession so much really, no matter what the game script really is. So maybe there are some small edges to be had there, but again, I don't really, you know, you're talking about a half a save on expectation or something like that. So um, I would say that one thing I learned to do in this because like the variance is so high, be cautious in how much your individual observation will move the needle on sort of historic expectation. Unless you have good reason to think that you can beat it,
1: but I don't think many people do. Yeah, that was going to be one of my next questions. If you thought of building this a little further, would you actually go to a specific teams, specific goalkeepers, kind of thing? As I pull up, pull player stats and save numbers, and I kind of brought this up to you before the show. Again, this is we're you know getting into the weeds a little bit here, but you can see here in the save numbers for some of these players. Okay, Ederson, this is in uh, Premier League play. So Ederson, Mm -hmm. 1.78 saves per game, or Mm -hmm. per 90 minutes. Uh, David Raya, 1.53. So, okay, Manchester City, Arsenal, they're going to be, okay, maybe bigger favorites more than a lot of these other teams. But, okay, there's been times where Aston Villa and Liverpool have been pretty big favorites, Newcastle at home as well. We have Alisson up here, basically one more save above both of those guys uh mm-hmm. Ederson and and Raya there he's 2.3 Emiliano Martinez 2.95 obviously okay you you're incorporating the way the teams play Manchester City Arsenal just completely ball dominant and you're not going to see the this the saves because they they have the ball so much and the other team mm-hmm. we've seen i guess just specifically recently so many times the last 2 months where it's like okay Manchester City, 80% possession. The other team, two shots, one of them on target, one of them as a goal kind of thing. We've seen that it feels like almost every week in the past two months, but probably hasn't happened that much. It's happened just, quite uh, a lot to me, at yeah, least. <laughs> just seems like so frequently. So, I mean, is this something you think that maybe you can build on, or maybe it's just not worth it? And it's just like, okay, well, we can we can take these numbers without even you know having to calculate. We can see the saves these guys are making. Maybe it probably is a little safer to to use an Alisson instead of an Ederson because because yep. of the way that Liverpool play compared to the way that Manchester City plays. So maybe it's you know it's a case by case team by team basis and maybe we don't have to do further research. Uh, yeah. yeah,
2: I mean maybe it just comes down to you know just having some knowledge of the Premier League, right? So mm-hmm. you you said it perfectly. Like Arsenal are just so ball dominant and so are Manchester City. Whereas, you know, Liverpool, I think they've been a little bit more suspect on defense. They've been letting, you know, counterattacks happen with a little bit more frequency. And You're kind of seeing that in the save data that Alison is facing those, you know, getting one more save. And what you can just say is, sure, if you think Liverpool are more likely to concede to, you know, get another save, that could be, you know, two points more in projection. but. If you're getting more saves, you're probably conceding more shots on goal and that's probably bad for keeping a clean sheet, right? So you kind of have to counter those expectations. Fortunately, like stuff like the cheat sheet has the clean sheet expectation, the win expectation. I think those are really efficient markets in, um, soccer. I think a lot of people bet into, you know, a lot of sharp action gets bet into a lot of these, um, you know basic Premier League lines. So if it was a tie and you had to choose between $5,800 Alisson and $5,900 Aderson, and you'd use this observation and choose Alisson, I think that's, I think that's perfectly reasonable. But you should also probably look into the opponent, right? Some opponents are going to maybe be more likely to take low quality chances, and if you can measure that in some way, I think that would be a little bit
1: better. Yeah, fortunately, uh, we have all these stats on the site—team uh, stats, player stats, trends, all that. So all that is is available if you want to dig into—I don't want to say the weeds again, but dig into the d- details uh, of yeah. all this. And you can, you know, instead of asking Jack to do this, instead of asking the professor to do this, to uh, maybe do this yourself, maybe figure it out yourself. How about that?
2: Yeah, uh, there's nothing. There's nothing that I did here that I don't think anyone can really do. Like. I'm not good at Excel in any way. Like, you can look at my graphs. I'm a total butcher with it, but you know, I know how to use the data analysis tool and, you know, equal correlation and stuff like this. You know, just some really basic commands that you can do to maybe just put a number to everything and you can use that to help make decisions. Like, I think, like, one thing that I can use in my head. You know, we're looking at the worst goalkeepers looking at about five points on average, and we're looking at the best goalkeepers about 10 points on average, you know, medians, I'm speaking like the actual 50 percentile outcome. So if you're looking at a construction where you pay all the way down and spend up a little bit more in the utility spots, or you pay all the way up and, you know, spend low on the utility spot, maybe one heuristic you can use is um, does the outfield player I gain when I spend down? you know, do I get more than five points in projection? Like, I never knew how many points that should be at. <laughs> and and now I kind of feel like I have a, an okay handle on what I'm looking for. Yeah, like a ballpark kind of a thing. Yeah, you have more of a ballpark in this type of thing. And I think you can everyone can do little analyses like this. I mean, a lot of this was motivated by one of our Discord users and he's a former writer, Hesh. He did, he did some type of analysis on this. And my point of view is I kind of just took a lot of his observations and questions and I found a better data set and I was able to ask them in a, I was able to answer them in a slightly different way. So, you know, I owe a lot to his earlier work and his earlier questions and thoughts on the matter in this sort of thing. But I mean, if you have a question, I mean, you can you can use the wire tools to probe around a little bit. Like you can ask if, because uh, I think like Rotowar keeps track of like shots outside the box. So you can ask, uh, do shots outside the box correlate to more saves for the opposition or something like this?
1: Because,
2: mm-hmm. um, you know, it could go either way. Those are easy saves. But also, you know, if it's, uh, you know, Andros Townsend and his old Tottenham days, you know, those are going into row Z. Those are not being saved <laughs> as often necessarily. So you do have to put some data on it, I think, to make
1: your observation a bit more sharp. I think we saw it even earlier this season. Something like just comes to mind. Aberdechi Eze, who, you know, his floor is up in 20 points, but he was taking so many shots from 30 yards out that weren't going to go in. And it was, okay, play the opposing goalkeeper of against Crystal Palace kind of thing because, you know, they're, they don't have a lease right now, and they're taking a ton of shots outside the box, usually Eze kind of thing. So. You know, you can look at that from a team by team thing, yeah. but did that work?
2: Is a, is a good question <laughs> to look into,
1: yeah. Yeah, one thing, um, I, I'm just noticing here, I you've mentioned using DFS trends lately. I just did a kind of intro video to DFS trends, but I think I'm going to try and get goalkeepers on the DFS trends page, uh, yeah. over at RotoWire because I just noticed they're not on there. So, yeah, if you can uh, keep track of the you...
2: goalkeeper floor, see if there's yeah. like a little bit of uh noise it's in there, it seems like could... it'd be useful. Yeah, and you know maybe they're you know maybe Aderson's getting you know a little bit of a half point extra from his accurate passes or something stupid like that. You know I don't. It, it would be nice to have. It doesn't seem like it would be too painful to put on there, but uh, you know have to put it have to submit the ticket. You know so.
1: Yeah. All right. Well, we're at we're at 25 minutes. You said we'd be. I don't. Would you if if we went 30 minutes, was, we'd be true sickos or, or whatever you said. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Discussing are, your article yeah. here. <laughs>
2: This is known. <laughs> yeah, I, I think maybe some like further questions you could, sure. I, I might look into more individual team trends, like, you know, comparing Manchester City to, to Liverpool, just because they've been in the same management, you know, you have that sort of like consistent type of thing. Like, I think that would be more fruitful than analyzing historical Tottenham performance, right? Like Tottenham now has a new goalkeeper and has had like four different managers over this time window, and they've all kind of had different styles of play like the, the way that Ange ball works is going to be much different than um, you know how Antonio Conte and his meathead style of play so um, you know looking at historical trends in that way I think it can be dangerous but if you do it in a tasteful way like I think you could probably look at Crystal Palace and how they played because they've had a lot of Roy Hodgson over the time so maybe mm-hmm. I can do some team analysis you can go on discord and ask me and I can you know I can produce a graph and it's up to you to see if it's useful or not but I'm pretty proficient at doing those now
1: yeah the Sean Dyche Everton we've seen a lot of times Everton this season where they have tons of shots tons of xg but no goal and they get the loss yeah uh, I so can look you, you can look at I can I can like filter out the dates in the data set because the data
2: set has all the dates of the matches Yeah, so look at Burnley yeah. I have some old Sean Dyche Burnley and you can look at the Sean Dyche Everton you can see if uh you know maybe that's a little bit more conducive to a save environment and then maybe you can expect you know one more save or half save extra and those are little edges that if you again if you play dfs a lot i think that type of thing adds up
1: mm-hmm. so you do one thing after all the all the classic slates most of the classic slates you look at where the sharps go yeah i don't know if you've you know paid attention you'd have to kind of recognize and keep track of of where the sharps go but is there have you noticed like maybe one one DFS player having more success at at picking goalkeepers week by week, or is it just like, okay, I mean, obviously you'd probably need to graph this out and see. I mean, this is a a lot of uh, of research into just looking at prior lineups kind of a thing, but do you, do you know, or, or think one of the, you know, one of the sharps or DFS players has maybe better goalkeeper information or, or better strategy of playing goalkeepers?
2: Yeah, I I don't know. I haven't really. You would have to plot it out because even right. if you just play like thirty eight classic Premier League slates and you look at someone's win loss record in cash games, I mean, like I think there's a lot of variance in a sample of that size. Like, like Redcoat cashed and double ups like seventy percent last year, and now he's come back to earth. You know, just probably like a little bit above above normal. And you know, Seremek has not been cashing as much, but Seremek's one of the best players and in, in the lobby. Um, so. There's going to be a lot of noise in that type of analysis. I do notice that different players have different trends. So some there are some players who prefer to spend down at the position a lot and, you know, maybe find a little bit more ceiling in their lineup. But there's also like a lot of things that could go on, like Pew 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 is a player who spends down at goalkeeper a lot. But I also know that his action, you know, might be more primarily in like a three-man type of thing so maybe that's more conducive to that so you'd want to be really quite um careful in that sense Mm -hmm. i mean saramek spends up a lot so maybe saramek knows a little bit more about like the range of outcomes and you know the risk of ruin is countered by you know just a more reliable source of 14 points in a lineup slot maybe something like that is a meaningful observation to them Um, some players just pick a little bit more randomly and I think do a whatever fits sort of attitude, which I also think is a, uh, I also think is quite sensible. So um, I don't know, maybe just copy what
1: Redcoat does. That's probably the best <laughs> advice I could give anyone. Maybe one last thing. So that the whatever fits part to goalkeeper. I'm, I'm. I don't know if I'm starting to, but I've just noticed that. Okay, maybe you're in the, you're in the sub five k range of goalkeeper, and it's okay. The, the first one is maybe like and a slight away underdog or slight home favorite. And I don't know. it. I mean, this is kind of recency bias and kind of just come into, come into my head. It's like, well, is it always whoever fits you're just plugging in this this 45 46 47 whatever goalkeeper whether you have no thoughts on the game kind of thing it's just it's just a game between two slight favorites slight favorites Mm -hmm. like underdog but it always seems like whenever you do that it's always you know the underdog 3800 underdog four thousand dollar goalkeeper that wins i mean obviously i don't know even know if there's a question it's just like so obviously frustrating for I think everyone who plays DFS soccer. This is just <laughs> yeah. a thing that happens to everyone. I don't know. Did did uh you come to any conclusion in terms of figuring that out? Or are you still gonna be like, okay, if I if I if I'm in this forty eight hundred dollar range, I'm just gonna play whoever kind of thing?
2: You know, in my gut, I hate being in the forty eight hundred dollar range at goalkeeper on DraftKings. Um I always just feel like I never really want to play that goalkeeper. Usually there's someone on the other side who seems like a good play for whatever reason, and I get nervous about it. And I think the data lends itself. So maybe like a $4,800 goalkeeper has like a 40 to 50% chance to win. You know, slight favorite, like you said. But I found that, you know, when running the regression, again, there's no linear relationship. So running a regression and, you know, trying to figure out how much, you know, 10% Ten percent of win probability means to scoring is kind of futile, but it really seemed like the general trend, for whatever it's worth, was about like eighteen percent win probability contributes to like one projected point. So that's how much like the average score moves up. I mean,
0: twenty percent in it. win
2: probability is a pretty big gap in DraftKings pricing. My impression is that on really big slates, if I'm spending on a forty-eight hundred dollar goalkeeper,
0: I would like to see if find-
2: I. Can- Find the money for a field player instead. Yeah, because there's going to be so many field players to choose from, right? So I, I think that's probably a general trend. And you know, maybe before I wrote this, I'd be like, "Oh, but I'm going to get my negative six for my spend down." I know that doesn't happen as much. So I, I think I'm more going to be more. That was more one of your students, student type of thing. <laughs> yeah, that was one. That was me. I was
1: being one of my students. <laughs> Yeah, again, it, it just comes to okay. If you're in that, if you're in that spot, maybe you're just like, okay, again, you're you're looking at numbers. What team has more shots from outside the box? Uh, what goalkeeper makes more saves? That kind of a thing. So maybe you're you're kind of doing that added research as well. But again, with soccer, we only have sixty minutes, pretty much from from lineup release to deal with all this stuff, yeah. and then that's why it's kind of a popular strategy. It's like put in, you know, it's the Jordan Cooper method. Put in whoever fits. Home underdog, I believe, is what Hash always plays, the cheapest Mm -hmm. home underdog kind of a thing. And there's not really much thought that goes into it. But, you know, maybe you throw in a few more stats here and there, and maybe you're going to be, you know – better than you're not going to be playing the negative 10 goalkeeper you're not going to get the you're not going to be playing the 5900 ederson and getting five points from him kind of thing maybe if you throw in some more numbers here using jack's numbers maybe you're gonna you know be better than the majority of the field so maybe that's another thing to, to add to that
2: yeah and i think maybe one thing is that i don't think you should have a uniform approach to a goalkeeper i think that's bad because in DFS, we build lineups, right? This is a Jordan Cooper lesson. You build lineups, you don't choose players, and there's no just like, oh, cheapest home goalkeeper is best. I mean, maybe there's situations where you play that $4,800 goalkeeper because it's a four-game slate, and for whatever reason, there's just like really weird gaps in pricing with viable plays, and you really can't gain anything with that 1000 So you may as well just take the more expensive goalkeeper. Like all things equal, I want to spend the most money at goalkeeper because that correlates with more likelihood of getting the win chance. So it's always a game of analyzing your trade-offs. I think, you know, it's not just picking the right goalkeeper. It's, you know, you have to, you know, can you spend that $1,000 more, $1,000 more wisely somewhere else? I think you always have to think that way. Now if just saying play cheapest home goalkeeper. just helps you make better lineups. I think that's fine to have that as a heuristic because it's so random, but I really think I I really try not to be dogmatic in my point of view of goalkeepers, whether it's through skill, like I'll still play Aderson and he'll still, you know, not get the clean sheet bonus and everyone will point and laugh in the discord, but I sort of trust, you know, broader trends a little bit more than Mm. that. So uh, just take what the slate
1: gives you. Yeah. My one uniform rule that I swear I'm going to keep the rest of the season is not to play Mark Flecken. I think that's Um, a good rule. Yeah. That's that, that one I'll I'll allow you to have. (laughs) (laughs) I had him against Crystal Palace. He got five-holed by Joaquim Anderson. Then I broke that rule a few weeks ago, home against Wolverhampton. He gave up four goals and made one save. uh, I think as the second biggest favorite on the slate. So that is my one strategy. Not going to play Mark Flecken. Yeah, take that one to the bank, I think. That's a good strategy. (laughs) A winning strategy. You got anything else, Jack? Uh,
2: i got nothing else it was fun to chop it up a little bit it's a like you said it's a bit of a dead period but we'll all be playing showdown hanging out in the discord you know we'll all be up at like midnight watching uh club america try to beat Mazatlan or whoever the hell they're playing in league mx <laughs> so uh if you enjoy just talking about random stuff like this uh come join us yeah. in the discord we have fun a couple
1: a couple big games tonight. I think Tijuana might be in action, something like that. But oh, we got
2: like, uh, we got Kiritaro at home against like Toluca. And then, okay, yeah, have, you're right, you're uh, right.
1: Mazatlan is playing,
2: uh, Atletico. Not, Oh, Atletico, yeah. Those should be awful games. I can't wait. But
1: it's there the you opener, go, you know. <laughs> Any questions? You can find Jack at Jack Burkhart on Twitter. I'm at RotasDrag. Also, Roto-Wire Soccer on Twitter. Rotawire.com slash soccer trial. 48 hour trial, but you're going to want a subscription for the for the site and everything. And also you need the subscription to read this article. We did not, I did not scroll down to conclusions on this article. You got to scroll all the way down, find the conclusions and also go to the tables that Jack was talking about. There's mean, mean stats, median stats with uh percent tiles, uh, of everything. So you're going to want to check out that table as well. Check out the article that's at rotowire.com soccer and should be too difficult. You could actually, I think you just, you can actually Google if you can't find it on the site for some reason. Google Jack Burkhart, Google Professor Jack Burkhart, oh, Roto-Wire. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, his name will pop up for RotoWire, and all his articles will pop up, and you'll be able to find this one. So, Jack, thanks for joining me on this show. It's thanks been fun. Uh, it's been fun. Uh, first DFS show, I guess you could say, of 2024. I don't, yeah. I don't, I can't remember doing another one. Uh, prior to this we might have some showdown stuff in the future we'll see what happens but thank you everyone for watching like this video subscribe to youtube ask jack any questions sorry ask the professor any questions <laughs> professor. <laughs> thanks jack we'll, we'll see everyone you, uh, in the future see y'all